What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad Podcast. My name is Chad, and this week we're joined by a guy from my hometown of Mapleton, Utah, named Andrew Connor. So Andrew is the former lead singer of an awesome band called Wired for Havoc, and he's now currently working on his own solo project called Echoes Away. Super cool. He just barely dropped a surprise song last week. Really like it. He's got two songs out now, and they're really cool to listen to. And if you're in Utah County today, which is October 23rd, he's playing a show tonight with In Her Own Words. So just a really cool dude. Check out his Facebook, check out his Instagram, follow him on Spotify, on Apple Music. And uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. He's a really cool dude. And without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Anyway, um, dude, thank you so much for uh, for joining me for the uh, the podcast today, dude. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. So just to kind of jump on in, um, give us a little introduction about yourself. I know obviously there's going to be a lot covered here with the, the different bands and stuff, but just a little introduction about you. Um, I'm Andrew. Um, pretty much I play and produce music. Um, that's just kind of my goal right now. Um, it's just to, to play music and enjoy my life while I do it. Awesome, man. So you do, yeah. you do music production as well then? Yeah, I do. Um, me and my, my buddy, uh, Chase, he's been playing in bands with me for a while. Um, we are we just opened up our studio space in uh, Provo, Utah, so we're really starting to hustle and grind on that. It's been a really good time so far. That's super cool. So what's the... Do you do you produce for other people then as well, or just your own music right now, or what? Um, we're... I've been producing like local bands here and there for about a year now. Oh, cool, man! Um, um, we've been producing a lot of our own stuff as well, and that, that was really the main reason is just so we could just write music whenever we wanted to. So, like over the last few years, we've been building up our gear and everything. Nice. Um, yeah, the last Wired for Havoc record was mostly um, self-produced as well. Oh, that's cool, man. That's awesome. So how long have you been doing music production for? Then obviously you said you've been recording bands locally here for for uh, about a year. But how long have you been producing music for overall? Um, I mean, I've been like doing my own demos and stuff since junior high. Oh, Just with dang. like garage band and whatever. So like, you know, nothing crazy, but just to get my ideas out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and stuff like that. That's rad, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty early on. That means that it's kind of just been been calling you for a long time, huh? Pretty much. Nice, pretty dude. Much. So, what kind of? I mean, back when you first started, obviously back in junior high, what kind of music were you were you <laughs> making back then? Was it just kind of like playing around, putting it on like pure volume? What were you doing? Um, honestly, junior high it was all about Blink One Eighty Two for me. Heck yeah, so man. A lot of my, a lot of my. Um, songwriting was more pop punk influence for sure nice um bands like green day helped me out with that too you know new found glory stuff like that that's awesome um, man yeah i was trying to trying to be like trying to be like them you know the great <laughs> pop punk race heck yeah dude yeah dude, i still love i still listen to those bands all the time i even i mean i went to the newfound glory concert a few months ago and i'm just like you know i just i i live for that music still <laughs> Dude, I'm the same way, man. The same exact way. It's totally worth it. I think it's fantastic. And obviously, I mean, when uh, when if someone were to listen to uh, to Wired for Havoc, you'd see a little bit of that influence still in the uh, in the style. But obviously, it'd be it's it's more mature and it's it's a little bit more developed than than that traditional pop punk from back in the day. And so, um, you go from you go from like kind of just dinking around in junior high school. Were you in a lot of bands and stuff through junior high and high school then? Um, not really. Um, my first band, um, I believe was actually with their sister called Forever Klein. Oh, sick. Yeah. Back in high school. Um, and I remember I had guitar class with 
buddy Luis. I met him there, and he was also in the band, and they wanted a new guitarist. So one day he saw me plucking away to some Blink-182, you know, playing some good old Tom DeLonge riff. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, hey, man, you should come over and jam with us sometime. And I thought it was sick because I'd never been in a band before. I was like 15. Yeah. <laughs> that was the coolest thing, being in a room where everyone could like play music at the same time. Yeah. Like, pretty decently so yeah that was that was really the first project i was ever in that's awesome yeah my sister's super super talented at that stuff so so that's cool man yeah so so were you part of the band when like when she was playing with like acidic and things and like playing the battle of the bands and all that jazz um i was i was near the very tail end i believe i was only in it for like a few months oh okay before like everyone kind of split ways or whatever happened back then but yeah, like, <laughs> i played i played i think we played one show with the city ghost forever inclined and then i played with them about two times after with wired for havoc awesome so wired for havoc started in 2013 right um 2011 actually. oh 2011 so was that was that after high school was over then um, no, I was a junior. I was I was ending my junior. Yeah, sorry, ending my junior year, I believe. Cool. So it was the summer right before my junior year. Oh, okay, sorry, so was, right like, before, August, like right before it started. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, while you're in high school and stuff, as as you are you did you guys release music while you were in high school, or did it kind of start taking off after high school is over? Um, we. We did record a couple singles, I remember. Um, I remember our drummer, Sean, he found a producer, um, Dave Zimmerman at Noisebox Studios. He's actually still doing stuff, I believe, in Orem. Awesome. Um, he's a really talented dude, but he was the first uh, person we went to and we tracked two singles with him. Um, we, actually, we actually just tracked a song with him like every two months until we had five. Oh, okay. So after about a year of recording with them, then we put them all together and made an EP. Sweet, man. So the, I just find it so interesting. Like you go from not being in a band to kind of just like taking off with music altogether. Um, so how did, how did you start? Like how did um, the, the foundations of uh, Wired for Havoc, how did it begin? Um, we, I remember it was me, uh, me and Luis were talking, and we we wanted to play <coughs> heavier music than what we were doing in Forever Inclined. Yeah. Because, um, like, for me, like, playing in a band was super fun at first, you know, but it wasn't really the direction I wanted to take it. It was just, like, a fun, a fun band. So we wanted to do some, like, breakdowns and whatnot, you know? Yeah. And so he had, he had this buddy, um, Sean, um, the drummer we... We had at the time um they were in a band before called in the middle of may so he was good friends with him and um we kind of got together in sean's basement and just started like playing around with some songs and started writing cool stuff and it just started coming out like immediately like three of us just clicked that's awesome and, um, man it was sweet so so you guys like as you're as you're starting to kind of create music were all of you coming from a similar like musical background or did all of you kind of come together and bring in like different ideas and different like thought process? We definitely brought different things to the table for sure. Um, and it ended up, it ended up make like being really, really beneficial for us in songwriting because like the stuff I bring was just straight up, you know, power chords like you know big chords power chords and then um, Luis was from more of a metal background and he'd you know throw like a lead line over it with some chugs or something and then we kind of just like we're all put our piece into a song and it became what it was usually like we never really banged heads much we kind of just like one person would write a part the next person would write to that and then so on that's really that's really good because obviously yeah. that's that's always uh, a you know when when people have very different 
backgrounds of, of musical interest, it's like sometimes that can cause some some rifts. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We never really had that problem. We kind of found our found our sound early on. I'd say. Awesome. So, I mean, being from Provo, Utah, it's uh, it's a pretty small place in terms of of music. It's not uh, it's not really a great place to get a lot of uh, visibility, I guess. And so what were you guys doing? Was it just a fun project or was this something that you're like, as it started taking off, was this something you were like, all right, we're going to take this really seriously. Um, How did that evolve? Um, We, I think we always wanted to take it seriously from day one. Um, That's just kind of like, when I was like a little kid, that's what I already knew I wanted to do that ever since I knew what music was. Um, so for me, it was about saying it seriously. And it, honestly, it was, it was pretty cool that starting as a pop punk band like in Utah County, um, mostly because the music scene here locally is very indie rock. Very sure. much so, yeah. Like Neon Trees, Imagine Dragons, you know. Yep. They got big in Provo. So like, we were we we like to make a variety when it came to our song. You know, we we like to have some stuff on the heavy side and some stuff. Excuse me, some stuff on the soft side because we would get show offers in Salt Lake, and those would mostly be metal shows, and then we'd get show offers yeah. in like Spanish Fork or Provo, and like you know we got to tone it down a little bit. So I would say that did definitely influence our songwriting, but. I don't, I don't know. We had really close friends and back then that would support us at shows and everything. And I feel like the the local scene for pop punk and heavy stuff down here, like as, as small as it was, it was a really like loyal group of kids, you know? Yeah, for like, sure. They, just, they like to go to shows. They just like to go to support. And it was a good time. Yeah. So, so I mean, oh, sorry, go on. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, I was just thinking because I mean, I I've I've been a part of that scene here in Utah for so long in terms of like following so many different bands and and going to so many different shows all the way from you know um, even up in Logan at times all the way down. I've never been to one in Spanish Fork. Honestly, they they typically I am going to be going to one next month though. You're going to be playing at it actually uh, in her own oh, words because really? because uh, that's a band I've loved uh, for quite a while now. And so they're coming next month. And I'm like, heck yeah, man. man. Yeah. Such cool music. And I got tickets for you, man. Oh, after this, you know, we'll, we'll get you squared away. Heck yeah, dude, that'd be sick. Yeah. Cause (laughs) I've, I've been wanting to see them for so long. So short story time. I, uh, my wife and I, um, we were, we went out to her sister's house for Thanksgiving one year and we're driving back and we had a, a toddler, our toddler in the car at the time. And we there was like a road closure on the main freeway and so we had to go out on this back road and so like we're on this back road and there's a car accident and so like just traffic is forever long and so i just kept listening to their uh, unfamiliar album over and over and over and i had to like blare it because my kid was like screaming in the back seat and i was going insane <laughs> and so it was like chaos and so those guys are like the, that was like my relief during that that uh, that drive and so <laughs> so i'm excited yeah. to uh, to see what the next album brings <laughs> I am too. We actually, funny story of ours, we actually bought their old tour van. Oh, for real? For a little bit. That's yeah, awesome. We, they they were playing. They played a show here, and they were just joking about like selling the van because we were just like hanging out like before a show or something. And I was like, "Yeah, we'll buy it from you," because like we were we were actually looking for vans because we were just touring and my dad's pickup truck like five of us <laughs> that's a tight like squeeze three people in the front middle and like two people in the back and then our bags are like <laughs> oh man that'd be so tight we, squeeze we were on the look for one and then they're like yeah you can buy it from us like for real like right now we're like really like okay so we, <laughs> we got the money together they had one more show like in like colorado or something and then after that they drove it back to utah and flew home that's awesome that's and funny, we, man. We took the band back, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys started touring, and it just kept on a legacy, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we, we used it for our last tour over to the east, 
And then, <laughs> really funny, like, we had to sell it because um, just financially we were kind of falling apart. And, you know, we, we'll get to that in a second. But, like, we, <laughs> we had to sell it, and we sold those other bands in Salt Lake. And then there's this other band from Salt Lake called Detour. Mm-hmm. I was watching some of their videos, like, a few days ago, and they're, like, in that van. <laughs> like, wow, people are still, like, passing that van around. The legacy lives on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> that's freaking awesome dude i i love hearing stories like that that's so cool and i mean yeah like i said I, i'm super pumped to see to go to that concert next month because i mean i didn't like there's like five bands on the playbill which is pretty cool like typically it's not it's not that many bands and uh it's in a super small venue one that i i've heard of concerts being played there i guess they changed the name recently from Actually, booth brothers um yeah it's interesting i Pretty, it's a pretty decent sized venue, like as far as like the stage goes. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I just I'm, barely went to a concert in Salt Lake. I went to the early November and the Dangerous Summer, and it was played at the Loading Dock. Have you ever seen the Loading Dock? Yes, I've played there many a time. Dude, that that <laughs> but, venue is so cool, but like it's literally a truck loading dock, like. The stage is like three feet off the ground, but the whole width of the place is what, 14 feet maybe. And then it's like 16 feet deep. It's tiny. It's like, but it was like some of them, it was one of the most fun concerts because it was just like, you're like right there in the face. And it was just, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's a sick place. Like I've, I've been, like I've played shows there, but I've also been to shows where the crowd like goes past the garage door. Yeah. It goes all the way to the end. Yeah, and you're just kind of sitting yeah, around the, the stairwell and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Andrews Theater is actually like a performing arts theater for like all kinds of stuff. They do plays there and everything. Oh, so cool. It's a it's a really cool place. Well, yeah, and I'm you I'm living it. just down the road from there now, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, there's a lot of talent on that bill as well. Oh yeah, I I was looking it up, dude. There, it's gonna be a really cool show. I'm excited. It's gonna be a really cool one. Um, so I mean, as, as the band starts kind of taking off, um, you guys start, you're obviously working with some pretty darn good production quality. You're starting to create some really good music. Um, and, and you start releasing quite a bit more. You start getting a lot more followers and whatnot. Um, did you guys stay here in Utah or did you start branching out, um, and touring or how did that progress as you, as you graduated high school and, and started moving on? Yeah, so um, we, um, like, a few years after I graduated, we, um, well, the band broke up the first time we broke up, I guess I should say, <laughs> after I graduated. And me and, me and uh, Chase, he was playing a uh, guitar for us at the time. We still wanted to, to play music, and we didn't really know what we were going to do. Yeah. So uh, we ended up, we were friends with this band called The Poison Live. And they were, they were just the coolest dudes ever. They were pretty much if Blink-182 screamed. That's what they were. <laughs> and it was the sickest thing. Awesome. And um, we became really close. Me and Chase were really close with those guys. And we were hanging all the time. We had this idea. Me and Chase were like, hey, why don't we just morph our bands together into one super band? And then we'll play some of your songs, some of our songs. And so we started that for a little bit, and it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I decided to go and just start demoing stuff for for a record. And we go in and we started demoing with our with our buddy Tyler Christensen. Um, he was living down in Santa Cruz, so he was just a friend that played in bands with Chase before, and, and that we've just known for years. Okay, he has his home studio, so we just started recording demos and. While we were broken up, me and Chase um, and Houston, he was um, playing bass and singing in The Boy I Lives. We tracked two singles with uh, Stetson Whitworth up in Salt Lake. Okay. And he, he worked with Far Last Night. He's worked with Chelsea Grin and some bigger names. And so um, we released a song called Never Bring Me Down. And that was kind of the song that kind of turned started turning kind of like revitalize things um and then we filmed a music video for that we had like a we had like a um a show 
together, kind of like a grand opening kind of deal. We yeah. had a uh, former Tide playing. He, um, they had Devin Barris as their lead singer, and he's actually playing at the show you're going to go to. Sweet. Really amazing. But um, we played with them, and, and so while we were there, we had a we had a music video being filmed like during the show, like a live video. And then we put that on Facebook, and then it just kind of blew us up a little bit, and we weren't even expecting the numbers. Like, yeah. I think like something like forty thousand people viewed it. That's so Facebook, rad. And then it kicked us to like three hundred or some fans, like in the hundreds up to the thousand um, on Facebook. So it was pretty crazy. And, and um, so yeah, I'd say that video is kind of what did it for us. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> and what what year was that? Um, that was in twenty fifteen. Okay, so things start kind of yeah. picking up. Is that when when Manic Cat Records start kind of starts kind of seeing what you guys are producing, or is that later on down the road as well? Yeah, so we released that video, and then, um, a few months later, because we were getting on a lot of shows after that, and then a few months later, this band called Noise Brigade hits us up. Uh huh. Um, and they were playing a show and at the Loading Dock, and they needed an opener. And they thought it never bring me down. They thought it was a sick video and a sick song. And meeting them was destiny, man. <laughs> Where, like we, our band, we, we'd always say we're in a bad relationship with these guys, but they're from they're from Alaska. They moved down to, to Portland. Oh, cool. Um, but they loved us, and we we became friends with them, and they wanted to take us on on tour. So we did our first like mid us towards them and while we were on the road Matt and chat saw the video and they started hitting us up and they wanted that's to awesome to so kind of like all this stuff happened. that's cool man that's cool so i mean obviously the the in, the irony of that is is everything kind of fell into place even though what you were producing was while you were broken up and so that's kind of kind of ironic that that the band had broken up and then instantly after you get back together things start kind of rolling that's that's just interesting yeah it was it worked out very well you know when when we weren't together and i was just kind of writing stuff i kind of i just had all these songs i wanted to write and record anyway and i was like well i don't have a band to do it i can still track it myself and stuff and create this album yeah but so you were yeah, like, luckily everyone got on board. That's awesome. So are you like a, a multi-instrument, like instrumentalist then, or do you find people to just kind of help track this, this stuff? I can get away with playing multiple instruments. Sure. Um, my best is probably drums, but I've, I've played a lot of rhythm guitar and projects I've been in. Okay. I don't know any music theory at all. Like, I can't tell you what knows what, you know, I kind of <laughs> taught myself how to do everything. Yep. So I'll write riffs and stuff um, and create them. I, I would create my own songs and stuff, and I definitely have tracked all the instruments and produced my own music, like with Echoes Away, my new project, like all of that. Um, on that first single that came out, it's all self-produced. No one helped me with anything. Awesome. Um, but usually if I'm, if I'm in a project, I... I'll normally write the drums for it and the like the vocal melodies and stuff and then I'll just have people come in and kind of just lay down yeah their part and put their choice on it so I mean when when it came to like I obviously you you were the the song writer for for the band right um lyrics I did all of them for the most part um but we kind of all were what would happen is someone would just come up with a, like a sweet riff or like a cool drum beat and then that would just kind of set the foundation for a song and then we'd all kind of add to it I mean, there have been songs where I've wrote, written the majority of but then there's other songs you know another person wrote the majority of so honestly it was pretty even okay yeah and so I mean I think this is going to be something that that obviously plays a role throughout the, the history of of your band is like the, uh, the dynamics in the band. Obviously you said that, that initially everyone was like jiving really well, writing music easily. 
was it that that things kind of started falling apart that way initially or was it that like that people just had other other like demands pulling them away from the band that made it break up the first time um kind of a little of everything i think each person had their own reason i think the majority of it to be honest with you was our fan base was growing really fast and we couldn't keep up with it and i know that's weird to say but we just didn't have the money to travel out of utah a lot of the time and that's where people wanted us like people wanted us in new york really bad yep and and you know new jersey and places and like we've met we the farthest we went out east is florida um and we just had a huge spill of bad luck dude it's rough man with with like dates falling through you know people not being able to hold their end of the deal and stuff and we lost a lot of money on the last or like a couple thousand we got back it was kind of like do we want to keep trying to do this because you know it was it was getting very stressful and most of all it wasn't fun anymore and i think that was the big thing with everyone is it was like trying to keep a business from going out of business kind of yeah about jamming anymore yeah it wasn't about the passion any longer it was about the and numbers so, you know, we definitely learned a lot of lessons, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of people were just really discouraged at that point. And, like, at that point, the band had been going for six years, going on seven. Yeah. So, for me, it was kind of like I was the, really the only thought, like, continuous member the entire time. Yeah. And it was, it got to a point where I'm like, do I want to? try to redo the lineup for the seventh time. <laughs> I just lay this to rest, let it be what it was. You know, we had a good run. We did a lot of cool stuff, with a lot of cool people. And to be honest, the sound was changing anyway. Like if you listen to a lot of compared to the, the first few, like it's just completely different. Yeah. I feel like we were, we were also maturing. Yeah, for musicians. sure. Yeah. Like, just, you know, happy pop punk, this girl dumped me, let's play a heavy breakdown, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, it was kind of outgrowing that in a way. Yeah. So, I mean, the the interesting thing with all of that is, is like, um, to me, the interesting part of all of that is is that um, you guys were, were doing so well on the surface, right? And then things kind of just it always pulls at different directions. So, I mean, this was recently, right? This was, cause obviously this is, this is something that's crazy to me is you guys released a brand new album in April of this year. And so did you go on? Like, is it that you guys went on a tour to, to kind of um, promote the album and to, and to, to perform the album. And then that's when things started falling apart. Um, so when we got back, it's been over a year now, but we got back from our East Coast tour, and, you know, that, it was just kind of a mess. We were supposed to have, like, over 20 confirmed dates, and we ended up with, like, five. Dang. And, um, so when we got back, um, we had some demos written, and Chase, um, he's my roommate, too, and so we had all of the studio here, and we, we wanted to start writing a new record but none of the other dudes in the band were really feeling it and it was really hard to just get anyone to like come and want to do it anymore yeah so when everyone was kind of over it you know we had a lot of fans that were kind of disappointed because you know there were were times where we just kind of hold up our end of the deal yeah financially like we couldn't we didn't have a merch store and it would cost us money to send hard copies to someone. Yep. You know, and, and we did that a few times, you know, and, but it's just kind of hard to do that and then be like, oh, well, there's like 20 bucks of shipping you need to pay to. And like, yeah. Just all this stuff we didn't really have figured out yet. Um, we just didn't really have the business side down. And so everyone kind of wanted to do their own thing and like, you know, 
life was kind of pulling everyone their own direction and me and Chase were like we just need to write one more album because we promised people new music like we owe this to everyone to just make one last album yeah be as honest as we can in it be as honest as we can to everyone and so that's what we kind of did um that's well that is the album we released yeah in April. so pretty of it is just me and Chase and, and the majority of it is also self-produced. Yeah. Which was a huge milestone for me and Chase, but it was definitely bittersweet because I feel like it's definitely the best music I've ever made. But since we were kind of like telling everyone, hey, this is our last album, we're breaking up. I feel like it didn't really get the hype it deserved or the promoting it deserved. Yeah. You know, because people are like, oh, well, they're breaking up. Yeah, but, it's tough, isn't it? It's a farewell album, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. and it's announced beforehand that it's a farewell album. I mean, people aren't. It's hard for people to get on board. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there's not much we could really do at that point about it, but you know, it did do decently well. Um, Atmosphere, one of the singles on there, got up to like thirty thousand plays on Spotify or something. So, like, we did have some some big numbers or like milestones that we haven't hit before with it which are pretty cool so i mean in terms of of like the uh um that that uh fork in the road that you were referring to you were saying you know do i try and kind of replace people and, and rebuild or do i move on um why why did you end up just saying i'm gonna move on and and just kind of cut ties with with the whole band like with the with that project what made you make that choice as opposed to to kind of maintaining obviously like it would be almost a rebuilding process in in more senses of just than the people but like rebuilding emotionally and and uh and rebuilding like mentally but uh why'd you choose to to go off and start something new as opposed to continue Honestly, and, and just and just how me and Chase personally, personally felt about it, it, it was just beat. You know, everyone kind of knew the band locally. They knew we've broken up several times. There's been constant lineup changes. And then, like, we, we didn't want to make it seem like we were just, like, super desperate, I guess, you know? And that makes it was sense. Just, it was just kind of like this. Not only that, but the whole project was just filled with all these memories and like everything, and we just felt like the new, the new material. It just wasn't worthy for this. Yeah, it just wasn't. It just wasn't marked for havoc. It was just a whole new mentality. It was hard, man. There were nights where I was just staying up, like crying about it. Cause I didn't know what to do. Yeah, really. for like, sure. It, that band was my baby yeah music was my well i mean you saw you saw accomplished (laughs) so much like that's that's the reason like in my mind that's why i was asking is like you saw it do so much like you saw it come from nothing to being on a on a record label not a huge label but a, a label nonetheless and being able to tour and getting to know other bands and and inspiring people who listen to the music and so there's there's like a lot there that uh that defines you as a person like obviously it's the band but i mean you've you've been kind of the the main consistent factor throughout that right and so so i mean that's a big defining factor right from your from high school all the way until now it's like that's a long time yeah definitely i I don't know i just feel like i needed the next chapter really especially where now like most of my most of my time is spent trying to work on my studio and trying to get that out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's just kind of how I want to do it now. I don't know how often I will be playing shows unless I really have a reason to. Yeah. Um, obviously, with this new show, it's kind of it's kind of just getting my name out there um, and kind of showing everyone, hey, I have this project. And you know, of course, I love all the bands playing and every yeah everyone who's who's involved. So. But honestly, like, I might be focusing more on just media, Mm -hmm. just, you know, making good music, getting it on YouTube, getting it in 
the palm of people's hands, you know. Yep. That's kind of like my goal now. If I can get if I can get my music on someone's phone as they're scrolling past, you know, that's that's the first part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a whole it's a whole different ball game, you know, between versus touring and playing shows. Yeah. And then trying to go viral, I guess, is another way to put it. It's a whole different ball game. Oh, completely. It's fun. It's really fun. It's really cool to be able to just wake up, go to my studio, be like, what do I want to do today? Write whatever I want, whenever I want. You're not beholden to anyone. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you can literally do, create so, whatever you want. You can, you can create as much or as little as you want. And, and it's, you're the only, you're the only one who is, is held accountable to yourself. Right. it's like, obviously as things grow with your fan base and stuff, then you're like, people are going to start wanting slash expecting more. And, and that's going to, it's going to be kind of a, it's going to be a little bit different of a, of a style battle, but it's going to be there nonetheless. And I just really needed to get this echoes away project going because it's something I've always just wanted to do. Um, just my own thing. And I'm definitely going to be in another band for sure. Yeah. My buddies still like me and Chase are working on a ton of new music sounding really cool. Awesome. <laughs> and so that, that's the way it's down the road, but it's in the works for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just have to do my own thing or no one could tell me what to do. Yep. No one, no one's in charge of me. So it's, it's pretty relieving getting that. So Echoes Away, you just barely released your first single, Haze, um, just on the 15th of September. I, I dig it. I think it's really cool. You released a, a lyric video okay. with it. And uh, and so this is all, is this all you or did Chase help along with some of the stuff or is this completely like you went into the studio, you came out with a sound that you wanted, you wrote music that you, that you were feeling like this is what where I'm at right now. Um, how, how does the, the process going right now with echoes away? Um, that one song was done all by me. Um, but I'm working on a new single and, you know, having input from Chase is, I'm blessed to have him around, honestly, because he will straight up be honest with me and tell me if something's a bad idea or tell me if something's a good idea. Yeah. I trust him a lot. So, There'll be times where I'll, I'll write a song or I'll track something. I'm really missing something. And so that's when I'm like, okay, Chase is the perfect dude for this. So <laughs> come over and he'll just put his twist on it. And that's yeah. what I love. Because, like, you know, when you're starting in a band and you're in high school, you're so, you know, you're so anal about your music. You fall in love with it and yep. it's yours. Yep. And the biggest lesson I've learned out of all of this is don't marry your song. Be open for everything. Yeah. And it's crazy how that works. Cause like, I remember going and working with, um, when I first worked with Stetson Whitworth and just like, just being at a real studio with a real producer who's going to make you, make you sound good. And just the way he would take control and, and help us. Yeah. Whenever we were, you know, wherever we were falling short, he'd change it and make it sound amazing. And before that, you know, it was really hard for me to let go of of, of a part I, I wrote or change of a part I wrote. Yeah. Um, and now that's the only way I record. Yeah, so, I mean, know, like, that's I, <laughs> you know. that's part of the value of, like, a producer. A lot of bands I've talked to, that's, that's one of the things that they say is they, like, you know, we bring it to our producer with the way we want it to sound. And the producer says, this is good, this isn't good this is great. This is okay. You know, stuff like that. And the producer really is almost another member of the band in a way. And, and it allows that fresh perspective. And I I think they, like you were saying, you know, like I think a lot of people who are creative, not just music, um, but any sort of creation, the people who, who struggle the most are the ones who fight against themselves, right? The ones who, who get married to an idea. And I, I think that's really, really insightful, really important something to point out for any kid or anyone who's wanting to produce anything creative really is don't get married to the idea of what you're creating right now. If you really think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. You got to be open to change. You got to think 
this thing's got to evolve. And I think that's something that's important for bands too, is allowing the sound to evolve. And like you were saying, you know, as the band continued making music, you noticed it was just not the same because it's evolving and you're allowing yourselves to adapt to the new parts of life, right? Exactly. And I, I honestly fell in love with that. Just the whole mindset of being a producer, taking taking a band sound to the next step or helping, you know, just, I don't know. It's just, it's just so different, but it's so fun. Yeah. I really think, like, that's what I want to do for the most part, um, at least for the time being. I, you know, I definitely still want to tour and, and live the band life again, but I'm learning so much stuff now that I know will be beneficial for, yep. that, for when that time comes. Yeah, and that's that's interesting too. Is is in spite of of how hard things were, that you're ready to go back out. You know, you're like, I want to do it again. And so, I mean, obviously, this is this is kind of um, I'm kind of assuming based off of what you've been saying, Echoes Away is literally just yours. It's it's solely just you creating what you want to create, and you're saying you're going to join a band where. There's multiple people's input, but Echoes Away is always going to be just you. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely have it'll, it'll kind of be like at the end of the day, it's my say, you know, like when I have people help me, because I definitely will have people help me. Yeah. With part. Yeah. I have some really good friends I write with almost on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. So they'll always put their twist on it, but it's kind of just something where they just show up because they like to track the music. Yeah. Like, oh, what's next? Yeah. Oh, I'll, pl- I'll play this for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, but the project me and Chase are working on, that will definitely be something where at the end of the day that has to, you know, be okay with all of us, um, be a team effort, you know, rather than just helping someone do what they want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, musically or, or genre related genre related um what kind of direction are you going to take um echoes away how what's like what's the planned trajectory for you um i've always wanted to do just some still you know easy listening kind of acoustic soft alternative um because i've always loved artists like city and color oh yeah um, and then i don't know if you've heard of elder brother but they're yeah right now. their new album is really um, really good yeah it's really good and I, i've always just loved stuff in that kind of in that um genre yeah for sure you know with that vibe so um but i've got to be way more honest with my writing so um, I'm not too worried about what people are going to think anymore, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. lyrically, I'm just going into, I'm just like, this is how I felt today. I'm going to make it rhyme. <laughs> you know, yep, just like, yep. this is like myself exactly. That's awesome. And so far, the um, feedback's been amazing. That's and good, which man. Which makes me feel really good, you know, because if you're going to be yourself in a song, write a song, have it completely be your own, it's kind of nerve-wracking for sure what people will think of it yeah you you never know man like (laughs) it's it's definitely something like like i feel that way with with even just this podcast is anytime you throw something out in the world there's like always a chance for someone who thinks they know to criticize right and it's like (laughs) i i honestly am i'm of the mindset where it's like just putting it out there is a victory in and of itself, regardless of reception, because it proved to yourself. Like that's, that's how I look at life is like, if I just do something, if I just do anything, if I try and I put something out there, that's me contributing. And if someone wants to down me for it, I'm like, you know what? Power to you, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna piece the scene here. I'm not gonna listen, you know. And I think, and you'll never know either, you know, if you don't try. Exactly. You're never gonna know, and you'll always, like, you're always gonna make a bad song, you know. You'll, yeah. You're always gonna make something that's not as good. Yep. That is going to get backlash, but 
at the same time, you know, keep putting songs out. If you, if you yep. put out a song and it sucks, I don't know one a week later. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's just like the the magic of it, right? Is it's like even even when when like everything goes wrong, get up and try again every time. And I think I think that's awesome. And I especially in the position you're in where we're like, you know how to produce the music and, you know, you know, the you don't know the the theory behind the music, but you understand you have an ear for it. You have you know, you kind of have a knack for it. And so obviously you're going to be able to bounce back and just be like, well, that one wasn't a that one wasn't great, but whatever. I'm moving on. I'm going to put out another one and another one and another one. And in that volume, in the, the amount of music you put out, something's bound to stick, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, kind of, kind of what I'm hoping for, but that's also what I love about music is just, there's so much to it. You can go to school for theory and know every last thing about music, or you can be like me and just love it anyway and just, to learn by ear and play it you know there's just yep. so many places you can fit and i think that's the beauty of it you don't have to be you don't have to be a scholar to enjoy creating music or to be good at it by yep yeah i mean especially especially when you're not looking to uh join like a major record label or anything it's like you're just out there creating you know and like that's something like i really enjoy a lot of illustration like uh digital illustration that's how it is for me man i'm just like i just am having fun i'm out there creating i'm just making something new and i'm just putting it out there i don't care what reception is i just i'm improving every time i try it and i don't i didn't go to school for illustration i don't have any clue what all of the different pieces of of like you know all of the different rules and laws that they have that are ultimately something i want to learn but for now, I don't have to know it to start, right? Exactly. And so, I mean, like, you've got you've got so much music you've put out there. You've you've got what two album, two CDs, and an EP that you released um, two, through yeah, two EPs and two full. Okay, there you go. And then, um, are you planning on doing like? Obviously, you've got a single with uh, with your new stuff. Um, is there a plan to like? to just keep releasing singles? Or are you planning on doing an EP or a, a full length there? What's the plan there? Right now, um, I, I'm, I want to do an EP. I want, I'm planning on finishing it by the turn of the year. So hopefully by like early 2019, I'll be done and nice. have it out. Um, and then once, once that's out, I think I'll, I'll be good on that for a second, you know, cause it's just kind of something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, for um, sure. But then I think most of 2019 is going to be promoting me and Chase's new project, working nice. on that, and our studio. Um, I'll try to do a single every two months or so, like after the EP, because, you know, you always want new content. That yep. is very important. Consistency, um, man. It's for key. Anyone, <laughs> for yeah. anyone trying to play music, you need to be putting out content. Especially um, in the... Won't be, oh, no, no, I'm just saying, especially in, like, the... Uh, the easily recycled state that we're in, in terms of music where you've got Spotify or Apple music and it's just like, there's something new all the time. It's almost like your old music gets recycled because you're not limited to what's in your CD player anymore. You're, you're, you're literally have no limitations. And so for anyone creating music, if you're not constantly consistently putting out something new, people may forget not intentionally just because that's how our minds are working now is we've got so much new stuff. And so, so I definitely commend you for that, man. It's, it's hard work, but it's definitely something that needs to happen. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I probably won't be playing any shows if that goes away just to be quite honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, like people listen to music completely different. Like aside from not having CDs, right? Like, yep. I still will listen a full album oh dude i'm i'm on the same page yeah, with like you. On, a, on apple music like i'll either put all my songs on shuffle which I, which i'll do or like for the most part i'll just pick an album and play it and like people now it's just 
they have singles. You'll yeah. go to like their their Apple Music, and there's like ten singles, and there's no album. Yep. And it's it's weird. So I still don't know kind of how I want to release stuff yet because I'm still pro album. Yeah. So, Dude, I'm pro collection of music. Yeah, I'm totally on the same same page with you there. I mean, like, to me, hearing a song on shuffle is like, yeah, that's nice. That's that's cool. And then it just you just move on quickly. But with an album, there's like a full there's like a full and full experience in the album. Exactly. And like I exactly. I recently went through and listened to the entire discography of Anne Berlin, which is one of my favorite bands of like all time. And I went through and I listened through and just kind of heard the evolution of their music, you know, from from um, like blue um, blueprints for the black market um, and then moving on into like into like cities and then moving on into into like um, dark is the way light is the path light is the I can't remember the name of it, but kind of going through all of their albums. And it was just like listening to the entire album, there was definitely more to be heard and like the cohesiveness of the album and it's just magical. And so like I if anyone doesn't do that, I I've mentioned it multiple times on my podcast, but I'm like, dude, people have to do that because there's just so much to experience in an album and I'm so glad that you do the same because we're a dying breed. I think, you know, and I've seen I've seen more artists releasing smaller albums like there's yeah. an artist, dude, it's He's so good. He's the old singer of Attack Attack back in the Crab Four days. Yeah. <laughs> he goes by Bill Murray, but it's spelled B I L M U R I. Okay. And if I've never even, I'll have to send you some stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. He's just so freaking good. But he does this thing where he'll release two albums a year, but they're like seven, eight songs long. Okay. That's cool. And it's really nice because, like, because I can totally understand not wanting to like listen to thirteen songs at once. Yep. But he keeps his songs pretty short too, so it's not. You know, I feel like it's it's still doing the whole album thing, like this yep. collective art piece. But it's fast enough for like everyone's attention span nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I might I might try to do stuff like that where I'm releasing like seven eight songs at a time that's cool 13 yeah so one last one last kind of question from me in terms of of the direction you're going so um a band that like a a band that came to my mind as i listened to your music and as i listened to kind of like the jump from from your your rock where it's got like kind of almost like abandoned by bears or um or like a day to remember types yeah exactly yeah where it's got like the pop punk but then it's got like the screaming in it and it's kind of like it does those breakdowns which are really fun and just kind of adds another dynamic like another level to the music um a band that i thought of which doesn't really fit the style but music musically or a new musician is craig owens craigery owens um from chiotos how he created chiotos and then jumped like completely like 300 or 180 degrees and created cinematic sunrise have you ever heard cinematic sunrise i have not oh dude to be honest i was never really into chiotos like i know their stuff because like i i had our old guitarist uh, Louise jam them all the time. Yeah, so, like, I know them. I just never really got into it. But I, the reason, yeah, the reason like, I bring I that up is like he went completely like like he he had Chiodos, which was like you know post hardcore, and then Cinematic Sunrise, which was all piano and very 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 different. Which for anyone, if someone doesn't like Chiodos because they're like because of whatever. I can almost guarantee if they like a lot of the music that I like that they'll enjoy Cinematic Sunrise. And so that's why I always like turn this one up. But but um, anyway, so that's why I was kind of curious in terms of are you planning on on doing a complete 180 degrees from the style that you were doing before and really just hunkering down? Or are you going to because I, I noticed some elements in your in your single that you released of of a little bit of the harder, you know, background yelling and kind of like showing that emotion, almost that raw feeling to it. Um, is that going to be more what you're doing or are you going to even go further off from what you were doing before and do more soft stuff? 
Um, that that's a good question. What's, what's that going away? I think I think a lot of like bands or band members. I think there's this like this like thing people think where they only like the genre they play. You know. <laughs> But that's not the case, obviously. Yeah. Like with with Johnny Craig, you know, or no, sorry, Craig Owens. I always mix up. No, you're good. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, like for the most part, like I I listen to a huge spectrum of stuff. I think mainly the direction I want to go with echoes the way I kind of like where it's at. I like kind of like the, you know, it's not terribly soft but it's still got the full band element yeah like elder brother yep um honestly elder brother's last album really inspired me a ton heck like yeah a lot of the stuff i'm writing now as well as the story so far his latest album dude that album so great. Him, so great so great oh my That's gosh a long wait, but totally worth it. dude i've been i was i was i've been listening to that like non-stop ever since it released it's been so great yeah as far as like my heavy stuff, that's how I'm going on the rocky side. Um, with the songs me and Chase were writing, our last uh, Wirefisher Havoc album, I don't belong here. That's, I'd say that's the direction we're going. Okay. A lot of stuff is sounding a lot more like that. It's definitely we're adding a lot of like weird, synthy elements. Cool. It's a lot more heavy. I'd say I've. I'm doing a lot more screaming than I've ever done before, which is really fun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I can't really tell you because we we have like a few demos here and there. Yeah. We're still trying to find our sound on the heavy one, but so far it's kind of, kind of sounding like that last, uh, cool man well that's awesome dude i'm excited to see what happens i i really enjoy the wired for havoc my sister obviously you know she's she got this whole thing set up for us but she told me about your music and i was like i'll check it out and uh and i was i was happily surprised to hear how good it was i was like because because typically when when you think of a local band that's the problem right is there's this like mantra this mentality of like oh it's a local band kind of like you don't yeah. ex- you don't expect a whole lot, right? But you guys aren't a local band. You are a band that came from Utah that is no longer a local band. And so, like, I really enjoyed the sound. And then, like I said, I really enjoy the new single from from your from your solo project. And I'm actually excited to see where that goes because I really enjoy a lot of that a lot of that softer rock ambient style um, music. And so, I really I'm really excited to see where that goes and stuff. But um, I, I'm also okay, excited to see yeah. you perform next month, man, on uh, October 23rd. So anyone who's in Utah, yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's in Utah, in Spanish Fork, um, you're gonna be playing with In Her Own Words and four other or three other acts, and uh, I, I don't have it off the top of my head who it is, but um, so anyone who wants to go, it's what seven bucks pre-order and ten bucks at the door, so yeah, it's super I can, cheap. I can tell you the lineup if you'd like. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, so we got um still be my first live performance of Echoes Away and then um this newer indie band from Soul Sounds online, um, called Stolen Star or Stolen Stars, I believe. Um, they they released the music video and they're pretty funky. Cool. And they're they're sick. Like Okay. Like their music video is I, I only know like their one song. That's all I could find. But I'm <laughs> actually really stoked to, to watch their set. Cool. And then um, Devin Barris, he's fronting a band called Sunsleep right now. Okay. And they just got off of, um, got back from four with Pillion, who sings for Dance Gavin Dance. Oh, so they just dang. Did a U.S. tour, but they weren't hitting you. It bummed me out. So when I was setting up this show, I hit him up. And I was like, dude. Is there any way you'd want to play this with your solo stuff? That's cool. I love his solo stuff, and he was down to do it. Um, but yeah, he's shout out to Devin. He's insanely awesome, insanely crazy good. He's featured in a song on our last uh, Wire Traffic record. Um, so you can, if you've heard that song, cut me out. He's on there. But seriously, go check out his stuff. It was the voice of an angel. Heck yeah, man! That's and awesome. Then, um, and then um, Harper Patrol will be headlining, and Chase is actually playing bass for them right now. Oh, cool! And I, I love those dudes too. They're solid dudes. I've been playing music with with Jared, their singer, for years. 
Awesome. Cool, dude. Well, I'm excited, man. Yeah. So that's the 23rd of October. Anyone who's in Utah or even people who aren't in Utah, if they want to come, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) dude, I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going on. I, I really appreciate your time, dude. And, uh, I'll look forward to, uh, to meeting you and talking to you in person at that concert then. For sure. Hey, I really appreciate you having me, man. It means a lot to me. Heck yeah, dude. Have a great night, dude. Uh, You too. All right. Bye.